hot dog. Like a beautiful Nile Rodgers soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. I mean... Uh, my my PS4 um, does where I, if I turn it off without actually like closing out of things, when I come back in, it just immediately puts me back into it. So I watched the oh. movie um, <laughs> last night, and then I turn on the PS4 today, and it just goes right back into the Coming to America song credits <laughs> as I turn that my PS4 on. Rules. I was like, Whoa! <laughs> just right back into it. <laughs> oh, that's a great track. Yeah, yeah. It would be better if it, it, popped, it popped in on the Soul Glow. You're right, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, this movie, lots of good musical cues in this movie for not being a musical. Yeah. Sexual Chocolate. Oh, great. Even better. Great track. Well, yeah, the starting one, there's almost, it's almost uh, in the jungle. The, like the the Weemba way. So you're very close to like that kind of like. It is. It's a version of that by uh, Lady Blacksmith. Oh, okay. So it is. Okay. All right. Sounds like it sounds like it, but that makes sense. I'm glad that we have a, a scholar. Yeah, we on, do <laughs> on, on on deck to, well, to really just take us to school about this fucking movie. So, I'll uh, I'll self humiliate and expose my whiteness in that I know a lot about them because I know a lot about the Paul Simon album Graceland. Mm. Right. Okay. <laughs> so it's a it's a great great album. <laughs> okay. If anybody out there right. was worried that this, I wasn't hasty Wonder Bread White, <laughs> so much more sense. Okay. All right. It's all coming together. All yeah. right. I'm up to speed. I well, too have watched the VH1 classic albums on that on that album. <laughs> yeah. You learn a well, lot. <laughs> hey. If you're, we know if, who is doing all the fucking heavy lifting in that duo now, don't we? Yeah. If you be my bodyguard, I'll be your long lost pal. <laughs> <laughs> you can call me Betty. Betty, when I call you, I can call you TJ. Because this right, is another so she, episode. Oh no! This is another episode of Never Seen Any of This. My name That's is Rough Andy. I'm Sammy. <laughs> I'm regretfully. <TJ. laughs> I'm Raymond. I was I was hoping TJ would say I'm Betty. That's what I said. <laughs> you, yeah, you I really set him up Betty. for that. You really did a great job on that. I know. <laughs> Forgive me for not yes anding your awesome Paul Simon bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, folks, it's we just uh, lost February. like three listeners from that. <laughs> it's February here in the United States. It's Black History Month, and we just spent five minutes talking about Paul Simon. So <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get it rolling. <laughs> Same as it ever was. <laughs> Same as it ever was. <laughs> hey, I'll do a, I'll do an hour on David Byrne. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to make you guys watch True Stories at some point. So yeah. <laughs> Wasn't there a David Lynch David Byrne thing? I don't yeah. know if there is there. I think did he do so. a talking or because I know they he did the Duran like... Duran movie. They feel like variations on the same person. They are very similar people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, David Lynch was more into riding bikes. <laughs> right. Instead of, like, carpentry. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Or just, thing. like, leaving one shoe untied yeah. for a year just because. <laughs> what a guy. What a guy. Yeah. One of I had a I had a tag on my Tumblr uh, when I would find cool David Lynch things um, back before they got rid of uh, all, all the porn on the website, and then I had no need for it any longer. Um, and uh, trying to see so how this is going to connect him, to David Lynch. <laughs> yeah, I would tag him as film granddad, and, oh. uh, and it was just nice because it, just like listening to him talk about things is fun. Mm-hmm. Like I I I have it burned into my memory that little clip about him talking about watching movies on your phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is that is old man Taylor film philosophy yep. in in a broad stroke. <laughs> um, in an effort to devolve even more into this subject, mm-hmm. but are do you know about uh, David Lynch's weather forecast that he does every day? No, but I would he, love to be enlightened. He has a YouTube channel where every single day he uploads like a twenty second video where he goes, David. It's me, David. How's it going? Today in Los Angeles, it's a whopping 82 degrees, so put on your shorts and go out and ride your bike. Like, he does that, and that's the whole video. He's done it every day of the pandemic. And then last week, he was like, 
I've got a big announcement coming tomorrow. You better be ready. And, and the internet was like, oh, uh, Twin Peaks Season 4? Like, new movie? Hmm. What What's his big announcement going to be? And his big oh, announcement so was... He got on, he goes, I like that so many of you like that I do this. And I think that you're my friends. That's my announcement. <laughs> and that was it. Ah, <laughs> oh, see. That... What what guy? He announced he got vaccinated. Yeah. David That's... Lynch. Mm-hmm. Incredible man. <laughs> what a fucking guy. There was like Please something... make sure to stay hydrated if you're going outside. It's quite sweltering and the humidity is very That's exactly, low. That's exactly what I'm sure he said that. After like the big announcement, he also said something like, I was considering ending the weather announcements, but now everyone is like so excited for this that I can't let you all down. He's <laughs> so much doing it like every day. From people. I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs> just have him like reading yeah. famous lines from movies would be a treat one a day give me a fucking frankly scarlet i don't give a damn give me one of those you know? yeah, give me a to you're talking to me yeah one a day. looking at you kid yeah. <laughs> i like it. oh man Oh, if God. I ever made a what? movie, I would just like license those instead of classic movies for, to play on like TV. And so anytime you pass the TV, it would just be David Lynch saying whatever the classic line is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jesus, that's fantastic. What uh, what fucking movie we watch? <laughs> well, we we made it through January. We did. It yes, bled over. We, did. we bled over into February, the shortest month of the year, and. Uh, <laughs> So we had to take up part of that time with, with to finish out Fanuary, but I thought our fi- our finale to Fanuary was really good. It was great having yeah, Corey. I thought it was, it was a lot of fun. fun. And we didn't even know what yeah. to do once we were allowed to pick ourselves again. We were like, who even picks? Who? What order? What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> We'd been doing months of Christmas picks, and then Fanuary, it was like, okay, we're back on schedule. I know there's a wheel involved. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> Who, how does this? How do we? How do we what do we? What? <laughs> this is the, the dizzying intoxication of freedom, as Kierkegaard would say. Yeah. But uh, we decided it was going to be my pick, so I decided that in anticipation of the sequel that's going to be coming out next month. Okay. It's soon. soon. It's, it's coming out I soon think, on yeah. Amazon. Um, I wanted to wa- go back and watch the original Coming to America. Mm. Yeah. So, and it had just been put on Amazon Prime again, so I was like, perfect opportunity. I do want to talk about, is there anticipation for the sequel? Yeah. That yes, script is I, supposed I, to be amazing I, for the really? sequel. Really? Okay, I was like, I heard after it watching this yeah. movie, I was like, did it need a sequel? And especially after like glad. this long? Like, that's I would I was, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You can beg that question for a lot of yeah exactly. Of I mean, we did, yeah. we're known for making sequels when we didn't need to. So I was just wondering if that if it was going to be bad, Here's... but it's good to hear that the script is apparently good. Yeah, apparently the script is really good. It is PG thirteen instead of R, mm. which but that was honestly, shocking. I did not realize that this one was R, so that was an eye opener right in the first yeah. five minutes. <laughs> but while watching watching this movie, it's a very like wholesome story and right. mm-hmm. really. All of the R comes from the gratuitous like nudity and Eddie Murphy saying fuck. Mm-hmm. But well, really... I, well, yeah, what I think is Samuel Jackson, of course. Yes. Right. If you're gonna right. give anybody more f bombs than anybody, they be, he probably was like, "I'll be in the movie if you Jackson. make it rated R, where I can say it." But I mean, <laughs> let me go unhinged. Yeah. That also seems like a very '80s thing. Like there were so many, mm-hmm. all, like all comedies in the '80s were pretty much R. Like when yeah. Robert Zemeckis was trying to get Back to the Future made every single studio was like we only want to make porkies this movie's too <laughs> you can't make back to the future unless it's an r-rated raunch and then he took it to disney and disney said you want him to have sex with his mom get the fuck out of here sicko. <laughs> how weird would it be if he just our tits god <laughs> but uh, i you know after rewatching this i was like okay i would be more open to the sequel 
being PG-13 and still thinking that they could do justice to the character. Yeah, in my well. mind, because right. I had not seen I had not seen Coming to America, um, mm-hmm. hence the podcast. Um, and I just, in my mind, knew just assumed it was like a family movie because all everybody I've talked to had like seen it when they were kids. So like I just assumed like it was just like a, a wholesome it's, family it's movie, a movie in the first place. That I watched when I was a child with my parents. Right. Yeah. That, I thought that was just the thing, and so I just assumed it was a because even just knowing like the what the story was and even what the story is. It is very like just a wholesome kind of movie, mm-hmm. just with tits and uh, saying the f word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. ah, Sammy, because. it's okay. it's a different culture. Those are his bathers. You're right. Yes, cleaning off his Correct. penis. The royal penis <laughs> is clean. Yeah. <laughs> Essential. What a scene. Uh, but cinema verite right there. <laughs> I think, I think that you know. For a while now, pe- I, people have wanted Eddie Murphy to kind of have a comeback because mm. he's, for the majority of the 2010s, he's been not doing much. He's been. He did like Tower Heist. I think that was, that was like a, sort a of while the, ago. The, that was like yeah. the main thing. I think. No. Yeah. Well, well, is it that I'm old? Not gonna, I think I it, it feels say, very old. Right it's, but... it's older than you think it's it is. It's older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tower Heights is 2011. So. Oh, okay, there you go. Okay, so, all right. In the 10s, I mean, so TJ was right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and even then, though, that was like sort of like a, oh, fuck, Eddie Murphy, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, like, he, he's and, been kind of quiet for about 15 years. Well, and then he did Dolomite Is My Name last year, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think all the success of that really was like, oh, he could totally have, like, another... He's got more rounds of his career mm-hmm. that he could totally do. And so... For a while, you know, they'd wanted to do another Beverly Hills Cop mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and take a bunch of his 80s franchises and kind of bring them back. And I think out of all of them, Coming to America is one that still has, like, a pretty significant cult following. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that makes sense, you know, over... They're not going to do a sequel to The Golden Child. You right. Know? Or, a, what, like, <laughs> or trading places. 48 hours. <laughs> Harlem Nights we want to we want to go ahead and revisit that one. Oh. See us see if some of that's aged super well. Well, TJ, I know you say that, but the amount of money that I would pay right now to watch uh, Nick Nolte and oh, Eddie Murphy dear. in another forty eight hours movie. Oh, Uncle Nicky, another I mean, another forty eight hours. I mean, that man is going to die on set. Uh-huh. So yeah. like I mean it's if it's if it's gonna be on something why not this? <laughs> Have you guys heard about the the new um, lethal weapon that they're gonna do? Uh, no, <laughs> Daddy didn't the, tell me. <laughs> Greenlit and Richard Donner is going to direct a 92 year old man. My God, Oof. that is currently Greenlit. Oof. <laughs> I don't even know how he could. That... I don't know. Another what movie. What are you doing everybody... at that point? I have never seen those. Um, That's how old Danny Glover is. No. <laughs> I caught. I was gonna. I, I was, was gonna like, tell you guys off the air, but for a Andy brought it up. I caught the tail end of the first Lethal Weapon when I went over to uh, my mo- mother-in-law's, and I did not know, and I've never seen it. So I was like, "This ends in a wrestling match <laughs> in the yeah, yard, soaking absolutely. wet wrestling match," and that is the only clip sure I does. saw of that movie. Uh, and I was like, "Oh, good." Jason Four, I think. <laughs> Oh he's yeah, the sure. bad guy Joe... in, he's the bad guy in like three or four Jet Li is like, Why are you here? And they're like we clearly run out of ideas. <laughs> Joe Pesci shows up in three. Good. God. Sure. Wild. I like I mean uh, I Did... I only have been able to start collecting them recently because I sort of have a principle of where I need to acquire the first one mm-hmm. of of the series first. Like I came upon several different Indiana Jones copies before I was able to actually start collecting. And you guys make fun of me for my weird rules that I have to follow. <laughs> <laughs> this is different. I'm, I'm thrown in with you. What's life without without a set of rules? You're right. <laughs> Ostensibly, am I the only one who gives rules. a shit about the rules in here? Yeah. No. <laughs> the the Lethal Weapon franchise, a franchise that spans 15 years, maybe less than sure. that. But the first movie starts with Danny Glover saying that he's too old for this shit. <laughs> right. So. The famous line. Yeah. And you watch. I watched the first Lethal Weapon not too long ago, and the first thought I had was, damn, Danny Glover looks young in this. <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. A, a plot that revolves around him being too old for this shit. Too old. <laughs> <laughs> 
But enough about Fantastic. Mel Gibson. <laughs> please, please. <laughs> Finds a way to sneak in Sammy, every episode. Sammy, <sighs> you had not I seen I didn't even Come- do it. Sammy, you had not seen Coming to America. Had anybody else seen Coming to America before this? No. I know when I, oh. I mentioned in our group chat that I had seen it uh, one time, I believe on Comedy Central, like 10 to 15 years ago, like with ads. So I was like, you might as well just count me as not having seen it. Because I couldn't yeah. tell you a single joke that happened in the movie. Mm-hmm. I remembered his outfit. I remembered like a couple like I remember the song, and I I know that it's like a rom com. Otherwise, I could not tell you anything that was that happened in it. So like, count me in for having never seen it. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you, Andy? It was refreshing going back. I had seen it a lot. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it a lot, or have you only seen it? It was a movie that I saw probably. I, th- I believe we rented it from Hollywood Video when I was little. Mm-hmm. Probably like 10 or 12. Watched it with my parents. Uh-huh. And I had seen it on TV a couple times since then. But it had been a long time since I had sat down and watched the whole thing. Andy, was that your mm-hmm. first boobies? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> are, are, we, are we ready for the, the story of Andy's first pair of movie tits that he saw? Movie, movie boobs. Sure, yeah. It's a good story. It's a good sure. story. Okay. Please, enlighten so, us. <clears throat> I hope that either of my parents listen to this episode, because I'm not sure if they realize this. Okay, so, second grade, uh, my parents say, Andy, we're going to Disney World. I'm thrilled, but we have to drive over to Seattle because we're going to take a red eye from SeaTac to Orlando. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wasn't excited for that drive. I'm in second grade, but they said, Andy, we're going to get a TV and we're, we had a portable TV and we're going to watch movies on the way. And they had said, my dad was going through our movies and goes, Andy, have you ever seen Vacation? And I was like, no, I'm in second grade. What's vacation? And he goes, oh, you're going to love it. So in the back seat, by myself, watched vacation (laughs) and was the most shocked when there is a one second long shot of Beverly D'Angelo's boobs while she's in the shower. Mm -hmm. And I sat silent for the rest of that car trip (laughs) because I felt guilty, but I wasn't going to tell anybody. (laughs) And that's what? and that's the story of how the Vacation VHS became one of my favorite movies. And I watched it all the time when I was a child. Well, yeah, you should. You, I'm sure you hit pause, right? And that's why you were quiet the rest of the time in the shape because you just had it paused on that shot for the rest Memorizing. of the car ride. Second, second grade Andy just in the back, the glow of the TV. Like. <laughs> yeah. Your dad's like, oh, he must love that movie. Really like Chevy Chase. I love that. Like in in your little brain, you figured like this is something that your dad must have missed. <laughs> like, oh no! In, in like the in like the parental fishnet of like content that you're allowed to watch, it's like well, oh, somehow this got through. Well. I'm pretty sure that was the case because later my my mom was looking at the back of the thing and was like, Vacations rated R? And my dad was like, No, it's not. <laughs> and you're sitting in the like, back like, oh god, sweating. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's very rated R. Mm-hmm. Hard R, you might say. Yeah. I think the only one of the vacation movies that is a hard R. I think the rest are all PG or PG thirteen. But yeah. right. that first one is definitely rated R. Oh, Christmas Vacation's rated R, but only for cussing. No, it's not. Oh, is it only... Vacation is a PG-13 release. Oh, he only only says the F word once? Is that... Mm -hmm. You can say it twice. He gets his one. Yeah. In Christmas Vacation? We're going to have the hap-hap-happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby danced with Danny fucking K. Thanks, Andy. Uh, (laughs) I knew he would know it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I always know that uh, we're going to be the the happiest assholes this side of the loony Mm -hmm. bin. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Which I don't know what it is, but like f bombs in '80s movies, they hit different. They're so <laughs> fucking funny. <laughs> when when they get to New York for the first time, and the the scene just ends with uh, Eddie Murphy going, "What does dumb fuck mean?" <laughs> yeah, that one's good. <laughs> it hits different. '80s it's '80s R rated like a, a movies treat. hit different. Yeah, yeah. 
I will say one that did make me made me uncomfortable, and it wasn't the f bomb, but it was just the fact that James Earl Jones looks at the camera and says, "I have sex with those <laughs> those bathers." And you're like, I don't I know, know if I, I want do. James Earl Jones. Look I know at, I yeah. do. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I want that. You almost never see him in like a full comedic presence. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's very alarming to see him be like. I am a real person and not like an austere <laughs> mentor. Figure. Which was like the only other thing that I really knew about this movie was that him and wh- whoever plays the queen are also the two people that voice the king and queen in Lion King. Like that wow. was like mm-hmm. the one like fun fact that I knew about <laughs> this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but they didn't get Eddie Murphy to play Simba. I feel like missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What Imagine a movie him doing Lion Just King Can't Wait to Be been. King. Yeah. <laughs> so good. He's singing it like he sings Roxanne in fucking 48 yeah. hours. Yeah. My How king likes to party all the time. <laughs> Another thing that I really like about that, or a thing that 80s movies do, is they just, they just don't, they spend their time doing the yeah, shots. They lingers. just, they don't yes. keep moving. There's that entire dance sequence, and it's like, Yep, they're just gonna show this whole dance sequence. They 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 got time. This is a two hour movie. Why not just show this whole dance? There's, so this movie is directed by um, notorious murderer John Landis. <laughs> yeah. I read up on the story gets. of like them making this movie, and it's insane. That's we'll get into that story later on. I'll yeah. go into the John Landis lore. But yeah. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and yada, yada, yada over that for now. You know? It plays into this just, movie. Just We're going to come back to opening salvo yeah. was accusing him of murder. We'll no. come back around to the whole manslaughter charge. We'll come back yeah. to that. But here is the difference. Um, he, there was a Blu-ray commentary, and they let John Landis do it. Uh, and so he was talking about this movie, and he said that he felt that it it lingers way too long and the pacing is all off and he asked, I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah and he asked paramount he said hey would you guys let me do a director's cut and their response was this movie made money no <laughs> we yeah, wanted to do a director's, a director's cut, cut if it didn't make money but this is successful and people liked it so we're not going to pay for you to do a director's cut and he said he was he would only take things out he wouldn't add mm-hmm. anything to a director's cut oh gotcha he's just going to make it shorter Mm. I was no, gonna say usually cut. directors yeah. cut are longer, so that would that's interesting. But yeah, yeah. Well, I I but, read that like the budget is like thirty six million or something like that, and a hefty portion of that is Eddie Murphy, mm-hmm. and then the movie mm-hmm. made like two hundred yeah. million. Wow. Yeah. Well, so it pretty, like yeah. it had fucking pretty legs. Good. It was Eddie Murphy. It went. Mm. So Arsenio is... Hall was a really great vehicle yeah. at the time too. Oh yeah. Arsenio fucking rules in this movie. <laughs> The um like the gimmick of them playing multiple characters. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Was it was the first time you know Eddie Murphy kind of became known for that. At a I was gonna say, is this the Sadly. first one? Because I was gonna say like, yes. There's uh, this is the Nutty Professor, Professor. The, the prosthetics guy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it also, uh, yeah, Rick Baker, and it, it got mm-hmm. Oscar nominations for the for the effects because really. Yeah, I will say, and they're, and they're really good. For this is, um, I mean, I don't know, I, I don't know if it's problematic or not, but I, I did not recognize the Eddie Murphy as the Jewish guy. I did not know that it was is, Eddie Murphy. That is the best of all the credits, and I was like, okay, should it be Eddie Murphy? I was like, oh no, I'm not sure if that's. Well, I mean, oh. like, because like the origin of that was like a bit where like it was it was sort of like making fun of like the like the one jewish guy that hangs out in the black barber shop right, and, like, right. and like talk shit to black people like so like as a black guy like sort of poking fun of this guy who like would chirp at him when he like gets his hair cut and has nothing better to do but like play chess and argue with people or whatever yeah. like that's that's i mean yeah it's sort of like the same conversation you could have about like the chuck taylor uh, dave Chappelle bit mm. where it's like you like I don't know. I'm 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 not pissed about it. <laughs> right. And Eddie But Murphy I'm not Jewish had, either, so Eddie had Murphy Eddie Eddie had Murphy. Eddie Murphy <laughs> had done the segment on SNL years before where he gets in uh, makeup as a white man and goes out on the street. And I'm I'm sorry, that's still funny as shit to me. Like that's a really <laughs> funny sketch. 
And again, I, I like didn't I, even recognize him. So like Oscar nom deserved because I was like, I didn't even know. He was the only one that I was like, that wasn't obvious that it was Eddie Murphy. So. Right. And all the <laughs> other ones, it's like, you know, it's either Eddie or Arsenio right. or each one. And then that one, it's like he doesn't have any of his own normal affectations, Mm-mm. which is crazy because he's got Eddie <laughs> but, Murphy has got like an imitable voice. Yeah. And so halfway it's like crazy that he hit it so well. Mm-hmm. And at the end, halfway through the credits, when it stops and he just does a rambling joke. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So because I mean, that's, that's the best joke of the whole fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> the no spoon thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. So good. <laughs> <laughs> that's how they filmed all that stuff. Was they just let Eddie Murphy go? Because he had to, mm-hmm. he's doing all those characters in the barber shop. So they were like, just let him go, and mm-hmm. we'll cut out. We'll cut all the best stuff. Like it's really the origins of the like Adam McKay model. Where it's right. just improv um, a movie and find it later. But that's part of why Eddie Murphy fought to have John Landis direct because they had done similar sort of improving stuff on uh, Trading Places, which John Landis mm-hmm. directed. And right. the when he gives the pocket change to the two billion to the two homeless people. I knew that was for something. The, I was like, I don't know. The two get it, billionaires trading from places. trading places. Gotcha. That makes sense. Okay. So yeah. But I think that also kind of hinders the movie to have those improv moments but then also switch and have like a full-on rom- like romance story happen at the same time i don't know it just feel it felt you like mean the a last little third of the movie sh- like shift you know like it was like oh uh, there's these silly make people in makeup but then also like oh this whole romantic story happens as well i think it would work if it was cut better mm. uh, yeah, that's yeah. like my biggest gripe with this whole thing is that like it feels like it's just they just like left out the laugh track right and like like it's almost like bracing for like an audience in a theater to laugh and 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 do the thing and it is so painfully fucking awkward there's like 45 seconds to a minute and a half in every single scene that you could trim and and actually sort of just make the pacing like more salient for a comedy. I'm not even talking about like zip zap zop and like a montage or anything. Right. It's just pregnant pauses with people staring at each <laughs> other for like eight seconds at a time. It right. is so fucking awkward. Like and but like the one time that it's sort of pin I mean, in 1988, they did have to cut stuff like that because they did have to pause for people laughing in the theater. I guess I've just never noticed it like so so patently clear in a movie. Like the yeah. one time that it's sort of pinned for comedy is like the weird like dead-eyed stoop children mm. when he's like, "I have a date with Lisa," one, yes, and yeah. then they just kind of stare at him, and I'm like, "This is cringy and strange." And so for my like millennial sense of humor, I guess <laughs> I think this is kind of weird and funny, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it's the intention of, you're saying of like how it's originally. Andy, are you saying that gone? people laugh know. different in 1988? Like, what's different now of how people laugh in theaters? To no, but I no, think I mean like how you would... cut movies different, right? Right? right yeah, yeah. They would be cr- primarily cutting it with the the expectations that people would be seeing this in a theater and that would be the only time they'd watch this movie. Oh, okay, gotcha. That it would be a communal experience. Like, they weren't... They they didn't even imagine that TJ would be watching this movie in, in 2020 on Alone in His Room. Yeah, home home video. Yeah, <laughs> kind of market was not really a thing in mind. And, and yeah, so, like, I don't, I don't know. I guess it's just I've never noticed but, it like that. That. I I agree with you that it may mm. be the peak of that sort of thing, and I th- also think that's a very John Landis thing. I think yeah. a lot of his movies feel like that, like very constructed to be like a laugh track could be in there. And I mean, it's like, like, it's like multiple... a director trademark that he just like right. does a joke and then just stares right at the screen for you to be like, get it. There was a couple and they of do those that, like four times in stare this right in the camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the stare right at the camera ones were. I was Which, like, okay. like, that's funny. Like once, and then they do it like three or four times, and it's like, yeah, the joke's over now. We, we got it. <laughs> yeah. Man, those those Jerry so, yeah. curls. Oh man, <laughs> my favorite when they when his family stands up and it's just wet on the couch. <laughs> all those grease stains. <laughs> I mean, I think that yeah. the the thing that makes this movie so watchable and fun is Eddie Murphy. Like, Absolutely, a lot of Eddie Murphy movies. He's ninety eight percent of the reason you like the movie is because he's doing his thing. And in nineteen eighty eight, this is this is peak Eddie. Mm-hmm. 
So. Well, and like he's he's playing like clearly playing a character. It's not just like variations on a theme like you sort of get with like like Jason Bateman or like right. Robert mm-hmm. Downey Jr. sort of like playing themselves in a lot of different mm-hmm. things. And it's still really enjoyable, but like this is leaning into character work, and so like that's that's fun to watch because he's good at it. Yeah, and I, th- I like yeah. that it it's not only funny, but like he's very his character is very charming too. And I, I like that too because he's like really nice to everybody. Like even though he's a prince, like he just is really he's like a caring character too. And I think that really mm-hmm. helped. And aside from because I I hadn't seen Trading Places, so that entire bit with the homeless guys was lost on right. me mm-hmm. and felt like very weird. <laughs> and and so without the context, I mean, it would sort of be like the context, like if you if you hadn't seen Terminator Two and the bit with Robert Patrick and Wayne's World, where you're like, mm-hmm. what the. F- fuck exactly just I had the same, happened here because it is we were so specifically reverential a lot of those in the Muppet movie oh, yeah. where I was like well, I don't who, who? <laughs> so yeah sure yeah so like yeah, that's that was that was it was a problem I guess for, for me not knowing the reference mm-hmm. but like aside from that everything felt like natural and not like too too heavy handed with like him being nice and mm-hmm. and yeah it was it was natural that he did like it, it was like the natural kind of like regal sort of grace that he mm-hmm. carried himself with and like and sort of positivity to the thing that was fun was good mm-hmm. well and the the point in the the point that it's his 21st birthday i was like his 21st birthday but it's eddie murphy and then i looked it up and he was only like 27 when they really? filmed this movie i was like he looks yeah. so much older <laughs> i know yeah no, i was like he wasn't really that old. Man's mustache. yeah that's wild that's which is yeah. crazy yeah. yeah yeah i mean he was super young he was 18 or 19 when he started on snl so mm-hmm. and that ah, was that's nuts in the 80s mm-hmm. so yeah and he still wouldn't couldn't wipe his own butt wasn't allowed wasn't allowed to wipe his own ass (laughs) yeah Kenzie was like um, when he went through all the things like them doing everything for for him Kenzie was like I want that and then it came to where the his wife to be was doing whatever and I was like I want that and then we started throwing fists and (laughs) (laughs) oh my god it's all sort of hazy after that I can't really talk about the rest of the movie (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ (laughs) No one throws Sammy Boy. under the bus like Sammy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it myself. I'll see myself out there. You? Sometimes I just peek over the edge of the grave to see how you're doing. Just keep digging. Just digging deeper. <laughs> so, uh, uh, we can we can, uh, go back to John Landis talk if we want. But yeah, it, tell me about yeah, the, murder. the murder accusation oh. you just threw out. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's bad. It's real bad. Yeah. So, Eddie Murphy um, was at the height of his powers in 1988, and so he could <laughs> basically Warlock? say, "I I want this person to direct," and the studios wouldn't tell him no. And so he mm-hmm. was. He said, in his own words, he wanted to give a hand to his friend John because he had fallen on some hard times because he had made three bad movies and that manslaughter stuff. That's the exact Eddie Murphy quote. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So let's, so let's go back a couple of years to 1985 <laughs> in which there's a movie being made called Twilight Zone, the movie. That's uh, sure. being helmed by, I mean, it's Steven Spielberg, um... Each director does a, a segment. Yeah, John Landis did one. Zemeckis uh, did right. No, no, it was. Um, oh, I cannot remember his name. Mad Max director. Um, oh, Jesus Christ on the cross! We are all gonna get oh our film God. degrees taken away. <laughs> no, no, George oh Miller. <laughs> Not Mel Gibson. I know. George, George Miller. Miller. George Miller. George Miller. I said. Yeah. Anyway, George George Miller's is the absolute best out of the. The four Twilight. Has anybody here seen Twilight Zone the movie? I've seen it. Yeah. So basically, it's each director got to remake their like favorite episode of the Twilight Zone, and George Miller got to do um, Terror at uh, the plain one. Yeah, with that has originally oh, cool. William Shatner. Oh, okay, yeah. But with John Lithgow as the <laughs> William Shatner part, and an Ooh. absolutely fucking crazy monster on the wing. <laughs> that one rules. That one mm-hmm, is like fun. the reason to watch it. The Spielberg one is not very good. Um, it's okay. about the the old people who think they want to be young. And they have some way to become young. 
But it's a the cocoon. Anyway, not <laughs> we can watch the Twilight waiting for the manslaughter. <laughs> yeah. Well. So on set for the John Landis shoot uh, involved a a night shoot with a helicopter. And oh, no. <laughs> this doesn't sound like great math. <laughs> no. And uh, John Landis apparently wasn't paying too much attention about what was going on set and uh, let the crew kind of slip a bunch of safety measures and oh, no. preparations, which resulted in a child and a pretty famous actor dying in a helicopter crash on set Ugh. while it was oh, under dear. his supervision. Mm-hmm. And, uh, was pretty bad and he tried to um he tried to uh absolve himself from any any fault of it of course of course said that it was everybody else's fault except for his and so he spent like two years in in a manslaughter battle which i don't believe he won (laughs) i think he got charged with manslaughter but he still got to make movies they just weren't very good and then eddie was like (laughs) i'll help my friend out and let him direct Coming to America, which was another hit for John Landis. So, mm-hmm. Oh, good. Glad he got to come back after the manslaughter. <laughs> Not really. The manslaughter stuff. I mean, he still makes movies. I watched one a handful an of years actor. ago that's like a Burke and Hare with like uh, Simon oh, Pegg sure. and um, uh, Andy Serkis. And it's, uh, I didn't realize until they drew, like they they make a joke and then stare right at the camera. And I was like, who made this movie? And I looked it, up, it was John Landis. And I was like, I was like oh, fuck, I didn't go. even realize he still made movies. And it's, they're the best part of the movie, but it's still not a good film. Yeah. I mean, He's, I think he the, makes movies that are not memorable. John Landis deserves to be in jail because he brought Max Landis into the world. Like, he should just be in jail for that. <laughs> that's it. But, that's uh, what he should be. Also, the manslaughter is pretty damning. <laughs> the manslaughter stuff is uh, Vic Morrow was the the oh, yeah. actor that died, wow. and apparently Steven Spielberg was on his way to set when it happened, and all like his agent called him was like, "Turn that car around! You cannot be anywhere near here!" and wouldn't tell him what. <laughs> get the fuck out! Of but here. was like, "Get Steven out of here! He cannot know anything. He cannot be here!" and like Fuck. saved him from a lot of trouble. You know that's called that's called plausible deniability. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Get Steven out of there. I don't want him within ten fucking square miles of his set. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Yeah, there's there's like the the whole set for coming to America has got like rife with stories of like uh-huh. Eddie Murphy and John Landis getting into like physical altercations. Oh. Or like. Jesus Eddie Christ, Murphy was like Tom like, Hardy and Inyari too. <laughs> Eddie Murphy was basically running the movie, and then John Landis would be like, "Nah, like uh, we're not doing that. This is my movie." And then Eddie Murphy would be like, well, "Fuck you, say to me." Oh. And, and literally at one point, he does. I think he beat him up, and like <laughs> he did tell him to like get the fuck out. I'm and at some up point the quote like because it's incredible. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's I read it yesterday in full. I was like, Amazing. "Holy shit, <laughs> it's something." And at some point, oh, John yeah, Landis yeah. was like, Eddie, you're not my friend. You didn't show up to my trial. And he's like, motherfucker, I gave you this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> this is insane. Apparently, like, there was problems because Paramount wasn't paying the crew. And when yeah. they complained to John Landis, his response was, go ask Eddie for the fucking money. Oh. <laughs> oh. This is just getting wilder oh, and wilder. <laughs> yeah. Man. <laughs> Uh, okay, here here's the trivia quote that I found that was very funny. Conflict okay. erupted between Murphy and Landis when crew members started complaining about not getting paid. And Landis told them to tell Murphy to give them the money. You tell Murphy to give you your fucking money. That's bullshit. Murphy was already at angry at Landis for giving him attitude after Murphy got him hired when the studio said they did not want him. Murphy then went on to tell Playboy magazine... I playfully grabbed him around the throat, put my arm around him, and said, I said to this fruit, one of my guys, what happens when people put my business in the street? And he said, they get fucked up. I was kind of half joking. Landis reached down to grab my dick, like he also thought it was a joke, and I cut his fucking wind off. He fell down, his face turned red, and his eyes watered up like a bitch, and he ran off set. What a fucking punk. Wow. <laughs> Murphy went on in the interview to say Landis confronted him in his trailer the next day. He came to my trailer later and made this big speech. His voice was trembling and it all came out. And that he didn't think I was talented, 
that the only reason he did come into America was for the money, and he didn't respect me since I hadn't gone to his trial and all of that bullshit. Anyway, he called me an ignorant. He's an asshole. Oh my god. <laughs> so did they bring him back for the second one? No. <laughs> it's the Dolomite no, guy, didn't. isn't it? Yeah, it's it's Dolom- the Dolomite director. <laughs> which which is probably which is best. why Wesley Snipes is also going to be in Coming to America too. Awesome. Hey. Jeez. Is Cuba Gooding Jr. going to be? God, that was crazy. That was that was <laughs> Apparently he had a line and they cut it out. Oh. I was going to say, because I was like, he just sits yeah. there. <laughs> he sure does. He's like big old smile on his face. Yeah. He sure framed like he's going to have a payoff to a joke. But yeah, I was almost like waiting because there, there was it. almost a point where he was like going to open his mouth too and then they just cut. I feel like that's where the line was going to be and then they just cut it. <laughs> it's like he's trying to record a podcast remotely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> waiting to say, yeah. <laughs> He's got a really fantastic dick joke that he's just really trying to slide in between three other people talking. <laughs> yeah. you know, which was which happens to the best of us. But I mean, on set, there was only what two other people talking, right? <laughs> it seems a whole lot more crowded when when it's all cut together, right? Huh. I don't know if you're you're you, you know in in, in in me and Andy did improv in high school. And, uh, and, and there's a, there's a notion of, of a number system where, you know, you're, you're either, you know, sort of like a, like a scale of like a one to like four, mm-hmm. there's four people in the scene, like a one being the person who's the most important. If you're doing a scene in the Oval Office, that's the president and a four, uh, being like the secret service guy who's got like one really funny quip in there. It's all about timing. It's, right. this is the whole notion. Sure. I don't know if, if Cuba Gooding Jr. could have ever been more of a four <laughs> in a situation <laughs> in here in a room he did where Eddie Murphy and our Will holler playing four people in the room. <laughs> he did exactly what the scene called for, which is stand there and look shut goofy. the fuck up. <laughs> you need to shut the fuck up with gr- when grown folks is talking. <laughs> yeah, adults are talking. <laughs> the scene that I thought was strange was the singing, where like the crowd didn't like the singer. Like I, was, I just, I was like, why, why do they hate him so much? <laughs> Sexual chocolate. As a teacher, don't you believe that uh, that children of the future? Yeah, children of the future. Sexual chocolate. Fucking <laughs> okay, sexual chocolate, so good. Because I thought the he's... song was. I was like, it's very funny, but then the crowd is like, I mean, obviously he's Charming. not playing it for fun to be funny, but I just thought it was like, I don't get why the crowd just hates him so much. <laughs> Sammy, the crowd in real life liked it. So okay, that's there the, you go. That's, that's, the, the that's that what's important. Yeah, and the one guy yeah, in the hey, crowd, uh, the one guy did like it. He's like, "Oh, I love his, yeah. I love he his singing. Crazy. Yeah. He's great. I love his voice." <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did laugh. There was a couple that got me pretty good. Like when, when they're passing the, the money, and the guy tries to put his garbage in there, and he's like, "No," <laughs> like that was pretty funny. <laughs> who cares? There aren't any women. Here. <laughs> I believe that just about everybody who is still alive is coming back for the sequel they got oh, most awesome. of the cast oh james earl jones come back that's great yeah good that's awesome yeah good and john amos is also back sure oh, good. Gonna also, be like what's the do, gonna, do we know snakes? do we know the plot of this second one like because why are they coming yeah coming back to america so from what i can tell from the trailer the it's because akeem had sex with a woman when they first got there and had a child. So he has a child that he didn't know know about and he never had any children with his wife. And so he has to come back to America to find his child and then really? bring him back to Zamunda. That like completely like I feel like that messes up the plot of the first movie. Cuz the whole thing is he wants to go and find a girl that he loves and not have sex with a random person. I think he just doesn't want to marry anybody. This is the 80s, Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> but he specifically is like, I'm not going to sell my royal oats. Yeah, you don't. I haven't seen the finished movie. I don't oh, okay. know right. I'm just saying that Nobody would. Knows. I feel like that Nobody would ruin the first movie if that's yeah. what happened. But that is the premise of the sequel: is that he has a son and he has to go get him and bring him back because Wesley Snipes is the general of another country and wants to take over Zamunda if he doesn't have an heir. Right. So that's oh, what. See, that's fun. So he has to go get it. And, he, How? and Leslie Jones is is like the baby mama and um oh oh 
Yeah. <laughs> I think sure. it looks really funny. I really liked the trailer. I've heard the script what, is amazing. Give us five so, years yeah. when Andy's in the fucking WGA, and, yeah. and then he'll get screeners all the time, and then... We'll and then I can the let list. you know. Right. <laughs> so, how old is Eddie Murphy now? I mean, he was 137 years okay, old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was born in 61, so I guess... So that's turning... what you know? <laughs> you don't just know his age, you know when he was specifically born? What day, Andy? Because I... I just looked it up. Oh, okay. <laughs> I oh, my God. <laughs> I thought that was part of your weird Boy Scout brain where you always know what weighs more. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Eddie Murphy, oh, 61. Actually, yeah, he's 55. <laughs> April 17th, 1961. <laughs> shares a birthday with Michael McDonald. <laughs> actually, you I guys... share a birthday with Michael oh, McDonald. Yeah. You guys are being mean to me. <laughs> oh, Andy's getting sad. <laughs> no. I Eddie... love your encyclopedic knowledge. Eddie Murphy is 59 years old. Yeah. He's not that old at all. I thought he maybe didn't no, need uh, to do the makeup for the uh, people in the barbershop anymore. That's uh, how long it's been. No, but... no, they still yeah, okay. have to do that. <laughs> Continuity-wise, I also enjoy the fact that they will just basically be the same age <laughs> right. as yeah. they were in a movie from 30 years ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and playing into the conspiracy about Joe Lewis being 137 years old. <laughs> I thought a good play for the, in the same for the second one was they do that whole flip a coin to see if they're going to New York or L.A. I thought the funny thing for the second one was be that they now go to L.A. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> but no, sure. ruined, ruined. That dumb movie. That no, fran- <laughs> that's already been done, Sammy, in the Crocodile Dundee franchise. Oh, you're right. You're just going on school. Boy, tread on those those waters. You want some L.A. hijinks? <laughs> go watch Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. That's not a movie. This is a movie. <laughs> I forget what I was listening to, but apparently Paul Hogan's a fucking asshole. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. that checks out. <laughs> and you're shocked. <laughs> nah. It was so funny in fucking this movie, seeing, like, every bit part is, like... I mean, there, I, there's got to be, like, some sort of credit due that, like, Eddie Murphy casts, like, every famous black person... That was like, oh yeah, at that point, was damn near that he could get his hands on, and mm-hmm. it's like every every bit part is like someone was like, oh shit, and like Frankie Faison as as their landlord is so mm-hmm, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, when Samuel Jackson shows up for one scene, I was like, I forgot he was in movies at this point because like That's he didn't start ask, making like... movies. It was like forty. I was like Samuel Jackson looks so young, and I'm like, he's already forty in this movie. Oh wow, okay. I was gonna <laughs> wonder, like, is this like this can't be the first thing he shows up in? No, I think no. his first movie is Do the Right Thing. Oh, uh, okay. I believe. I could be no, wrong. Do the Right Thing came out after this. Oh, shit. No. Okay. So is this so his first close. movie? There's something. For, it, there's something. It might be one of the first movies. And he's yeah. already got branded as saying the F word constantly? Like, he already had that, like, out the gate? <laughs> I mean, look at him. Yeah. He was, in a, he was an extra in a bunch of TV shows. Mm. And then he was in School Days and Coming to America in 88. Wow. Oh, shit. Okay, so that's it's like right so, yeah. there. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. awesome. And then do the right I thing was two out, years later. Uh, I found out that when Samuel Jackson was in college, he was part of a demonstration that took over a, a building on campus and held Martin Luther King's brother hostage. He was like part <laughs> of a Black over, Panther movement. It was like uh, it was over the the issue of not having an African studies department mm-hmm. in uh, on on campus, and and afterwards they did in fact get one. But I just I think it's like crazy hearing about shit like that, or like Tim Allen being like a coke mule yeah. back in the day, and then still <laughs> getting viable careers. Well, Tim <laughs> Allen goes on like an interview once a year and goes, "Comedians these days can't say what they want; they get canceled." And it's like you snitched out people, and you were like a drug dealer, and you had a, like a forty year career. So I think you're the- doing all right, bud. I think the Tim Allen good, mugshot from oh, the man. 80s is fucking insane. <laughs> I'm starting to channel it. Yeah, <laughs> every, every day that this mustache gets a little more full, I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm starting to channel drug mule Tim Allen days. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> That's incredible. If I go throw on this plaid parka that I have on, you're, pretty, then, you're almost there. Then I'm really close. And you're already dealing drugs, so I mean, yeah, you're you're really close. Right. We'll have to play with the background on this Google Meet here in a minute. Uh, oh. after, that'll be the that'll be the after party. <laughs> <laughs> TJ, oh, TJ, 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 TJ. <laughs> I'm well ahead of you, bud. 
Oh, there it is. <laughs> it is yeah, TJ. Yeah, pretty close. <laughs> in there. That oh, is a good man. mustache. Yeah, I got... Mugshot oh, man, Tim I Allen does kind of look like TJ. <laughs> Your mustache, TJ, is actually further past his. <laughs> Somehow. Yeah. We'll go TJ. ahead and post this picture to our Facebook or to our Twitter page. Uh, we absolutely will not. I will not allow that. <laughs> TJ, do you take that as a compliment or offense that we say, TJ, you look like Mugshot Tim Allen? <laughs> I mean, they were worse mugshot. If you were like, you look like mugshot Nick Nolte, I'd be like, fuck oh. you and your fucking ass. Yeah, yeah. that one's I don't like Hawaiian shirts. Oh, fair enough. Fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, my bone of contention wouldn't even be the hair. It's just the Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Mm. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, apart from the how it's put together, I I did enjoy. I I have a good. I had a decent time. I mean, it's it's a hard sell for comedies in general with me. Um, and, TJ uh, only yeah, like yeah. we've already know the only thing TJ finds funny is a gun to the face. We've already learned. Hundred and ten percent. It was funny the, watching this last night, and I was like, man, it like it does really like lean into just letting those bits like go for a mm-hmm. while, like their mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live skits, especially when he's in prosthetics and stuff for a while, even when there's not like a full joke happening. <laughs> and then it just starts wrapping up the plot later. Yeah, I was, I was like, so I surprised mean, that sure. the, the guy that owns the barbershop is like a main character. Like, he, they come to him right. for a lot and just talk to him. It's not just a bit. He's a character in the story. <laughs> I think the the like, the like longest point where I'm questioning, like, is this a fucking bit or not? <laughs> is, is, the, is the McDowell's breakdown where he's just saying that everything is exactly the same mm-hmm. except for that I don't have sesame seeds on the right. uh-huh. Big Mac versus the Big Mac because I And then he's like got that. a McDonald's manual <laughs> later. And and that bit down the road I guess is fine. Or whatever. I'm like, is this a bit or not? Right. Like, where, 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 where is a hard punchline? <laughs> right, it's treated so this, sincerely and there's not like a clear joke. Right. <laughs> And and that's not even to say like the like the sincere elements in this movie aren't funny right. because like that's sort of like the crux of Akeem's uh, personality yes. is the fact that he is very very sincere. Mm-hmm. Like him at like the basketball game is like very funny. Uh-huh. And and if I had a gun to my head and I was forced to try and seem like I was having a good time, I would probably employ similar vernacular. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. The, I think honestly, John Amos is like one of the weaker performances in this movie for me. I mean, like even even like the sort of like classic like classic comedy bits of like that rule of threes thing that's happening with the fucking idiot at the door oh, yeah. when Daryl's there or whatever, yeah, yeah. and 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 like on it, and that's a weird bit because like when you have somebody like Nile Rodgers who's doing your score, you like you want to lean into like what that guy is known for, which is like awesome, like like fusion shit mm-hmm. basically you know like is is what he's is chucking out for most of it so like oh like like punchy funny little like plucky violin score thing would seem out of place when you've got that guy mm-hmm. who's really like like the main driving force behind the score in it but there's nothing behind it there's 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 nothing that makes this like jaunty or any kind of like atmosphere in it it's just like footfalls of him going back and forth to the door uh-huh. three fucking times to like set a sort of vicious bichon frise on on, on Daryl. <laughs> it, it happens like so quickly in succession that like he just comes back and then he goes back again right and it's like it doesn't even have time to like lead up to like and i was saying and then he has to like he's interrupted instead it's like he barely even gets another word out before like he's got to go back to the door so it's like and it's not cut quick right. enough to convey the kinetic energy that would make that funny right. like there's like no the physicality isn't there in the cutting or in the tone or the atmosphere or anything that's going on there it just feels like very lilted and weird mm-hmm. like like several bits in this movie yeah, that and the only thing i thought about was when he s- sick the dog on it was i was like don't leave the dog outside <laughs> that was my only thought <laughs> yeah he starts hitting the, hitting the dog with a flower yeah, i was like, like no wait wait, 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 wait hold on not the dog <laughs> and for a movie to like uh, l- like wait on so many things i feel like the ending is so quick where he's like yeah. oh i didn't get her and then she shows up at the wedding and i was like oh that's it <laughs> the movie's over now i feel like yeah, it is imagine to, yeah for it to go on for so long on other things for it to just be like yep yep all right goodbye <laughs> 
I imagine that would be a running time that the mm. that they were saying like this is a comedy you can't go over ninety minutes, and they spent it's two, two hours. It is yeah. two well, hours. Two hours. You know there there was more harsh limits in the eighties on what right, type right. of movie could was allowed to be yeah. that long. And I it imagine didn't need to be two hours and fifteen minutes. I'll tell you that. <laughs> right. But I imagine that the studio was going give us more Eddie, give us more characters mm. of Eddie Murphy doing his thing. They'd much yeah. prefer that than having a. And then they realize like, oh, know, this is the time we have to get, so there's what we're gonna cut out, mm. kind of a thing. Gotcha. It is funny how '80s the message of the movie ends up being though, because he's like, I don't want someone to marry me for my money. Like, you should just love me for who I am. And then she gets there, and he's like, I'll give it up. And she's like, Nah. He's like, All right, we're just gonna be like, we're just gonna be royalty. <laughs> very, very funny for it to turn it on its head, like right at the end. He doesn't want to be royalty the whole fucking movie. And then right at the end, it's like, let's just do it. <laughs> One sentence before the end of the movie, we're just, let's just commit. We're fucking, we're rich as shit. At least he got the <laughs> lady that he wanted yeah. and not that one lady. Right. That poor They'll lady that got like nothing. <laughs> and, and one's perspective changes when in uh, Rolls Royce being driven by a guy whose only job it is is to drive you around. I can't <laughs> argue with Cannot argue with that. Can't blame her. I'd absolutely do the same thing. But Raymond's oh. very right. That was a very 80s. 80s message it's right. I mean, very it's, funny how 80s it ends up being it's prosperity gospel uh, it's yeah. the same reason why crispin glover didn't come back for the second back to the future because he hated the ending of the first one so much because mm-hmm. the message at the end of the first one is that george mcfly is rich therefore successful therefore happy and they couldn't explain to crispin glover like the nuance of it and like where the where the story would be going and he just got mad and, and wouldn't come back for the sequel because he didn't like the ending of the first movie yeah he was like George McFly can't be rich and then like he stormed off <laughs> brother had a head full of acid for like three quarters of the 80s like I'm not gonna be alarmed at any of these stories that I hear about that guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> if you if you've watched the video for clowning clown clown even once, God, then it, that's a disaster. Anything's excused. <laughs> oh, or his cover of Nancy Sinatra. Oh, that boots <laughs> is made for walkers. Man, it's hard. Yeah. It's it's great. As a disaster. <laughs> Can we license that and make it the the theme for this this podcast? That version yeah, of I like it. it. Yeah. Fuck, who do you pay? The Sinatras or Crispin Glover? <laughs> Porque no las dos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, double pay for that. <laughs> well, maybe this December, when we get around to doing Christmas Glover, no, then God. absolutely oh, not. Oh, a month worth of just Crispin Glover movies? <laughs> That'll be our do, okay. what is it? The, doesn't he show up in that weird, the Alice in Wonderland live action? Isn't he like He's a weird, both, like... Yeah. Yeah, oh, yes. I want. I want to. That's huh. he's real creepy in that. <laughs> yeah. He's great in Dead Man, Jim Jarmusch. There we go. Uh huh. Charlie's Angels. Yeah. Merry Crispin Glover. He's acid western. Yeah. He's also dir- the Crispin Glover's in a bunch of great shit. Yeah. He's Hot also directed machine. several movies <laughs> oh. that have never been released See? because there's one, there's one print of what? these movies, and he insists on being at every screening of them. So if you like live in New York, he will do screenings of them. And you can go see it, but he will only screen them if he's in attendance to do, like, uh, like a show that goes along like with a it. Q and A thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? That's fucking sick. Do you think he'll do it for yeah. our podcast? Mm. He might. He, <laughs> he might. might. <laughs> the odds are after this last favor. year. <laughs> Once this pandemic is over, we should make that a goal. <laughs> yeah, we'll just the four of us. And Crispin Glover, and we see his. We're movie. going to the Big Apple to meet Crispin Glover. We don't do any sightseeing. Wow. One man show. No, no, no. Ask him about Charlie's Angels. That's our whole budget, and we gotta go. <laughs> Here's a review of a movie you'll never fucking see. Yeah. None <laughs> of you have you ever seen well, this. <laughs> it's <is> weird. <laughs> Honestly, probably part of the deal would be an NDA, and we all be a wash. Yeah, we wouldn't even be able to <laughs> talk about it. Yeah, it's like our hackers episode where we had to censor Corey. Out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the whole episode. <laughs> well, Andy, are we gonna do coming to America when that comes out? Are you gonna pick that? Uh, uh, maybe it's it's uh, on a new release. You'll be able to watch it. It's a guarantee. None of us have seen. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I'll watch it and let you guys know what I think. 
Yeah. I mean, and maybe. Yeah, maybe. Part we'll of watch our it. podcast is you can choose whatever you want, and we have to watch it. So I mean, that's true. <laughs> whether it's that good or not, true. you could make us watch it. Yeah, that's very true. Will the boys review coming to America? <laughs> Tune in next month. <laughs> and we don't release we'll, any we'll other episodes. Four weeks. <laughs> yeah. Those never seen any of this, boys, sure got themselves in a heap of trouble. <laughs> How's they gonna get them out of themselves out of this one? They're deep in what black. Our... Deep in Oakington. No, please continue, Andy. Don't stop there. <laughs> They're two weeks deep in Black History Month, and it's a podcast with four white guys. How are they gonna get out of this debacle? <laughs> Easy, you go. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's what I'm you, just doing, just expelling my, external, you, my internal screaming. <laughs> if any of you out there have a suggestion for how we get out of this mess, there's a couple ways you can contact us. You can send mm-hmm. us a tweet at NSAOTpod, or you can send us an email at neverseenanyofthispod at gmail.com. Yep. Yeah. Or all sorts of people email me. Do it. Yeah. You can also go over to our Facebook. Sammy and I call it our free Patreon. Absolutely no one else in the world calls it that. Nope. But we'll still <laughs> call you. it our free Patreon. And yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. our that's where I send out the first the first uh announcement that a new episode is up, so mm-hmm. that's in there early. Get, that's how you get a hold of us. You can listen to that this episode seconds earlier than other people if you click on yeah. it on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> it would be on the RSS feed before it would be Oh like even the podcast app would have it before it gets shared. Mm. Or there's the even time. there's a step above free Patreon. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, just where people listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Not on Facebook. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or on Twitter where I share them. Everybody's VIP. <laughs> That's right. That's how we do it. Well, egalitarian operation. <laughs> Next week is Sammy's pick. Yeah. Oh, so I haven't decided cool. what I'm going to pick. I'm between two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. Andy's looking at me like I'm going to say what the Ooh. picks are. No, you don't no, get to know. We were just you're hoping there would be some kind of slip that it would that, be natural. That <laughs> tension. Mm. Yeah, you'll never know. All right. Until well, next week. <laughs> yeah, you're just going to have to tune in next week. That's it for this week's episode of Never Seen Any of This. We will be back next week with another episode. But until then, we'll just say bye. 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 bye.